Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 57. But I just read an interesting article about why we women survive our fertility, because most animals in the animal kingdom do not. And the answer was that grandmothers are really important. They were important to our ancestors because they were taking care of the kiddos while the younger women were out hunting and gathering and all that Mm. kind of good stuff. And even if we're not grandmothers, I mean, most of us are not grandmothers too early. I'm, you know, (laughs) we don't get married when we're, you know, 10 these days usually, but postmenopausal life is really, really important. So it's especially Mm. important for ADHD women to embrace the change. And I don't mean the change of life. I mean, the change in ourselves so that we can live a rich, fulfilling life. Because there's a lot of life after, after menopause, a lot of wonderful life. Hello, and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you had been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD, or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. Today, my guest is Linda Rogley, is that correct? Yay. So we're going to be getting into a different side of ADHD. I really wanted to talk to her about how ADHD relates to hormones and menopause. Me being 46 years old and going through the perimenopause stage, I definitely thought this was a very good topic to discuss. So Linda, welcome. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm so delighted to meet you and your audience. Yay. Thank you. Thank you for coming. So tell the audience a little bit about you. Well, I was diagnosed almost exactly at your age, as a matter of fact. I was you know, having some little hot flashes and all that kind of good stuff. But eventually, um, I, my, we were going through some marriage counseling at the time. And I went to a private session with the counselor, kind of, you know, we did some privates as well as together sessions. And I was just chattering away, chattering away. And he stopped and said, do you think you might have ADHD? And I literally laughed in his face because <laughs> ADHD is not for me. It's for little kids and it's for bo- all that kind of stuff. And he said, oh, well, don't bother. You know, um, you, you don't have to worry about, um, you know, I, he, saw, he saw my horror and I said, okay, well, he said, go to, go to Barnes and Noble or someplace and just read Driven to Distraction. You don't have to buy it, just skim through it. And I went and I just beelined myself over there. And sure enough, I read the book and I just read the, the hundred, well, Dr. Hallowell's, that's Dr. Hallowell and Rady's book. Um, and I read the, some of the hundred things that are typical of ADHD. I could not get to that cash register fast enough. <laughs> I read that book at stoplights because it was dark and read it under the amber lights. (laughs) So anyway, so I was diagnosed about that time, but I didn't really take it seriously until I hit menopause, which is what we're going to talk about. So I changed my life to accommodate my ADHD. Although as we're going to talk about later, I had lived a life professionally that dealt with ADHD unknowingly. um, And I became an ADHD coach and I run ADHD retreats for women. And I work with women 40 and better, as I like to call them, because that's when I was diagnosed. And I realized that that was an issue for a lot of us. So I'm in Durham, North Carolina. And in those days, you just could just go to the web and you could just go to the um, like name.com and you choose any domain name. So I chose addiva.net. So I created the Addiva network. So that's a little bit about me. (laughs) That is so awesome. So it sounds like in the beginning, you were not 
happy or not agreeable to the ADHD diagnosis. So why well, is that? Tell us a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I don't know that I wasn't happy about it. I mentioned it to my mother and we both had been treated for depression for years. Mm. And my mother said, oh, you mean I have it too? And there's one more thing wrong with me. And I guess internally, I felt that way a little mm. bit too. But when I read the book, I had not been fired from a job. I had, there were lots of things about ADHD that didn't fit for me. Mm. And I thought, you know, so what if I have ADHD? I'm, I'm fine. I got the equivalent of the white picket fence and I got two kids. Not that everything was perfect, but mm. I thought, eh, whatever. Then what would happen is I would read something about ADHD and it would pique my interest. And I'd think, oh, maybe I do have ADHD. Gotcha. Finally, when I hit menopause, which um, I, the, the OBGYN put me on low dose birth control pills in my mid forties because I was having increasing migraines and they were hormonally related migraines. I found out later that's typical of perimenopausal symptoms is that migraines get worse. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's and particularly hormonally related ones. So she put me on low dose birth control pills to kind of smooth those out, which it did beautifully. I have to okay. say. So when I hit 50, she said, well, maybe you could go off your pills and then we'll see how we, where you are. Oh my, I hit bottom. I was mm. like, I'm not getting out of bed. I don't want to do it. I was, a, I was snappy to say it politely. I was, <laughs> and I said, I think maybe, and she called me back and she goes, oh yeah, yes, I think you probably are in menopause, but she didn't tell me to go back on the pills. So I suffered for six months, just kind of, I don't know, but she goes, oh, I didn't mean for you to stay off of them. Well, when I, when that happened, my ADHD symptoms went through the roof. Gotcha. I, I couldn't remember my own name. I remember I went to Macy's and I was at the checkout. There was no one else around. Thank goodness. And it was a woman who was a little older than I was. And she said, okay, well, let's get this form filled up. Uh, what's your address? And I went, I'm sorry. I can't remember anything anymore. And she reaches over and pats my hand. She goes, honey, it's all right. It'll get better. <laughs> I wasn't very reassured. So I hightailed it back to the OB, uh, ADHD doctor and okay. said, I need ADHD medicants now because I tried them before. And, and they actually put me to sleep, which I thought maybe I do have ADHD because it's working paradoxically. I don't know. But anyway, I wasn't on any, any treatment at all. Okay. And he said, oh, no, oh, no, 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 no. ADHD women's brains need estrogen. Go get some. Okay. And I'm like, couldn't you just give me a little bit to hide me over it? He said, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm a psychiatrist. So I didn't really take ADHD medication for several years. Okay. And I did go to the OBGYN. And of course, most OBGYNs do not know much about ADHD and the hormonal relationship. Right. And she did put me um, on a patch because I was, I was, I was menopausal, postmenopausal. Okay. So I did, did go on an estrogen patch, but that's when I finally realized this is real for me. Gotcha. Even though I wasn't treating it with medication, I realized ADHD is a force in my life. And I think like a lot of us, when we get diagnosed mm -hmm. and then we begin to look backwards, it's like changing one zero in a computer program and everything is different back there because of one tiny thing. And yet it was massively important in my life. So when I look back when I was a little kid, it was there. When I was a teenager, it was there. When, mm -hmm. you know, college, all the things never quite finishing, staying up all night before to all the things that are typical of ADHD. So I finally came to grips with it. And, and as, you know, as you know, the rest is history. I ended up working with ADHD folks. And right. I have to say that we are some of the most fascinating and wonderful people in the world. I absolutely agree with that. <laughs> 100%. So, you know, what's really interesting is to your point, when I finally realized, I actually 
connected to it as I was going through the journey with my children, right? It's like lots of people do. Wow, wait a minute. I did those same things. Or now I realize why I was doing what I was doing or saying what I was saying. And so when I got the diagnosis, it wasn't too much of a surprise, but it was Mm. so validating for me. I know everybody goes through different, you know, emotions or, you know, they may think differently about it. But for me, it was just like, aha, it's so validating that I am not, I was just going through so many different things as I was growing up and didn't understand why I was doing that. It was just like, it was such a relief for me. A relief. Exactly. And I have to say that I'd been in therapy for years Mm -hmm. trying to fix this. Right. Mm -hmm. And no one ever realized what it was. Not it, not a single person in all that time, except for this marriage counselor, maybe because he has ADHD too. I don't know. I have no idea, but, and a lot of times we recognize it because, you know, we have ADHD, we will recognize it in someone else. Although I have to tell you that when you have a hammer, sometimes everything looks like a nail. So you can't, you can't put ADHD right. into everyone out there. Exactly. But, but I remember thinking, okay, well, I was other directed and I was this and I was that. And, you know, maybe I had personality, all this stuff. Yeah. And I, it kind of went like, it's just ADD. You know, I don't have to feel like it's not my fault and there's not something fundamentally wrong with me, which is how a lot of girls grow up with ADHD, especially undiagnosed. We grow up thinking there's something wrong with us and not something wrong with the rest of the world or some or a situation. We take it in and really um, damage, tremendously damage self-esteem and therefore our ability to function in the world. And it's just tragic. Yeah, I agree with that. So what do you think? I mean, you, you shared a little bit, but what do you think you do differently in your daily life um, before and after you discovered ADHD? So what was what's different? Well, I think simply being aware of it has made me understand it more and let myself. Well, I, I don't want to say let myself. Yeah, let myself off the hook. That's what I was going to say. Right. Let's finish the sentence because um, I failed to finish things. Right. Because I have ADHD. <laughs> And, but I, it's not that I say, okay, well, it's ADHD. It's not my excuse, mm-hmm. but I understand better why I'm doing things. And it's like, okay, got it. And then I think the other piece of that is trying to accommodate that a little bit. And sometimes I'm successful at that. And sometimes I'm not successful at that. I was late to this very meeting because I was racing around trying to get the dogs fed, trying to get my hair done, <laughs> running around. So I still screech up against deadlines. And, and I realize it and I'm still going, why did I do that? Mm-hmm. But I think that I'm a little bit more forgiving of myself. I also know, I've also realized that over the years, unknowingly, I've set up all kinds of accommodations and strategies for my ADHD that I don't recognize as strategies yes. because they're just part of yes. how I function in the world. Mm-hmm. So um, when my, I started working up with a professional organizer 15 years ago or so. And she introduced me to the brother labeler, which has changed my life. I label everything. I label light switches. I label cabinets. I label the tires on my car. So I don't have to look up and see what, how much air goes in them. Mm -hmm. So people come into my house and, and some of them are put off by it. My family was like, well, why can't you just remember that? But a lot of people come in and say, this is so easy. I know where things are and they open the cabinet and there's the bread or whatever they're looking for. So there, there have been things that I have changed in, in response to that. But I think a lot of it has simply been the reassurance that my little girl that believed, believed that she was damaged is not quite as damaged as I thought she was. And I can also make changes as I see them, as I see the need for them. Does that make sense? It does, Linda. That is just so wonderful. That really is. So I want to dig into the 
hormonal side. Um, yeah. So you, we, we, you briefly touched on the hormones and the menopause, how it relates to ADHD, but can we go deeper on that? So tell us how does ADHD relate to hormones and menopause? Well, let's talk specifically about estrogen because it also relates to other, um, other hormones like cortisol and testosterone nice. and other things like that. But let's specifically talk about estrogen today. Estrogen, it operates in our brain. It's not just a sexual kind of thing in our little organs down below our waist. It actually functions in our entire body. And mm -hmm. because neurotransmitters are one of the missing links for ADHD is that our, the strength of the neurotransmitters jumping across that little space called the synapse between our neurons up there, which is really tiny. This is not as big as it is. It's much smaller. The estrogen actually helps it kind of acts, it sits on the receptor site. So it actually helps strengthen that, that connection, if you will. When estrogen declines, obviously that's, that little helper is not as, not as available. And it particularly helps dopamine. Dopamine is the feel-good hormone. Right. It's what makes us, well, it's partly what makes us eat carbs because that makes, that increases our dopamine. It, it's what makes us jump out of airplanes. Not that I've ever done that, by the way, but it's, you know, <laughs> race car drivers, <laughs> all that kind of stuff. It's the stuff, and it's the reason we screech up against deadlines. I realized that my risk-taking behavior was screeching up against deadlines and that pushed me up and got my dopamine going because, you know, deadlines will do it for a lot of us. So when dopamine's increased, then our, our, our ADHD symptoms are doing okay. When dopamine decreases, they're not doing so well. And when estrogen decreases, that accentuates that even more, exacerbates, I think. So keep in mind that in our when we're, when we're in puberty and we're just beginning to move into that higher level of estrogen, because we go from a small amount of estrogen, we, we have estrogen from when we're born. Our little girls' um, brains are bathed in estrogen when we're born, but it's pretty steady until we hit puberty and then it takes a spike upward, but it doesn't take this nice gentle spike upward. It kind of goes up and down, up and down, and then it stays high. And then of course we have this cycle of it going up and down and up and down and up and down. When estrogen is at its highest, which is the midpoint in our cycle, two, two weeks or so after we are, you know, our bleeding stops, the actual menses starts, that's when estrogen's fine. We should be feeling great. So our ADHD symptoms way down. When we get closer and closer and closer to our period, and we get like the first couple of days, right before my period, I didn't have regular periods. I had very irregular periods, but I could always tell, I began to know when I said, oh, the sky is falling and nothing's ever gonna be okay again. I began to realize that's the signal. And sure enough, within 24 hours, I would maybe start my period. That's when, that's when ADHD symptoms are really, really high, which is why it's difficult. Like if you have a daughter who is taking tests in school and that test happens on the first day of her menses, she may be having trouble with that where three or four days later, she may be able to ace that test or, or be able to focus on it much more. So that's what happens. You can imagine this up and down thing for ADHD women is got to be, has got to be confusing. It was confusing for heaven's sake, because we're fine and we're not fine. We're fine. We're not fine. It's interesting because maybe I hadn't thought about this till just this moment. If we get tested for ADHD when we're feeling fine, maybe we don't think they don't think we have ADHD. Yeah. <laughs> and if it's a low end, they think, oh yes, definitely ADHD <laughs> or something more horrible, right? But as we get older, and usually this happens when you're over 40, but some women go into perimenopause as early as 30, 35, mm -hmm. because it can last for almost, it can last for up to 10 years. And of course, the other thing is um, some people, some women go into immediate menopause because they have a hysterectomy. 
because they have health issues. So when that estrogen declines for them precipitously, but for us more gradually, then we then our our ADHD symptoms are like like as I said, I couldn't remember my name. I couldn't rub two words together and make a sentence. Yeah. For most women who go through menopause in more naturally instead of surgically, estrogen makes really wide springs, much more swings, is what it's hard to say, um, much more so than in puberty. So, well, we may have a real high, so your estrogen may be really high and you may feel great. And it's like, oh, nothing's wrong. I'm fine. What's, and then it may take a dip way down and then mm-hmm. it may go up part of the way and up and down. So I call it the ADA, the estrogen fan dance. Like it peaks out and then it displays itself and then it peaks out and then it displays itself again. And as it does that, we feel like we're at the end of a whip. Our moods change, estrogen, our ADHD symptoms change, even just menopause. I was irritable. I filed, I fired my dentist on the phone because I was so irritable. It's like, fine, just, and I, I kind of, I didn't say a lot of horrible things, but she goes, well, you don't have to cuss at me. I'm going to have to have a dentist call you. I'm like, I don't care. Just leave me alone. It's just horrible. I was really terrible. However, as I said, I, I've kind of shared the end of that story is that I, I ran to the ADHD guy, the psychiatrist, and then he said, no, it's about estrogen. So that brings us full circle back to how important gotcha. estrogen is in our brains and in our bodies. But certainly for ADHD women, that's exas- that's heightened, I think. So that is that a common belief that, um, or is that the issue is that it's really about estrogen? So because you had mentioned that you wanted the ADHD medication. They're like, no, you need to go on, you need to find something that will support the estrogen. So is that the case for everyone? Oh, well, it's the case for everyone who's going through menopause, but it certainly Mm -hmm. is not the case for every professional because most professionals aren't, are clueless. Gotcha. I was simply lucky to have someone who'd worked in the field long enough that he really understood what was going on. I, I, now that I think about it, I was incredibly lucky. And keep in mind, too, that a lot of women can't use estrogen because of health issues, because of potential yeah. health issues, all that kind of stuff. And when I was going through this, the Women's Health Initiative had just been released and it had stopped some of the research studies because women were not doing well with their estrogen replacement. But keep in mind too, that what they were using was what I now consider kind of an old fashioned hormone replacement um, therapy, which was a combination of, you know, artificially created um, estrogen combined with progesterone. And what I was prescribed and what um, Dr. Oh my goodness. I'm just going to forget her name. Patty Quinn. Sorry. (laughs) It's an ADD thing says is that ADHD women don't need progesterone. We really need straight estrogen. And so I did that for a long time and at very low doses. As a matter of fact, what, what I was surprised to hear and what maybe your audience needs to know is that when I was on those low dose birth control pills, that was a higher dose of estrogen than any kind of hormone therapy that they would give me postmenopausal. I didn't know that. Hmm. So it's just a teeny tiny little bit, but um, it took a year for my, for my psychiatrist slash OBGYN because she was had combination degrees in both. And yet she was had two specialties and yet she knew nothing about ADHD and estrogen, even though it's like, isn't that, that was different than my regular psychiatrist. It was a different one because my psychiatrist retired. But she didn't even know about it. But she said, I really think you need to do this just because of the menopausal symptoms. I was having 60 or 70 hot flashes a day. Mm. It was miserable. She said, this is a quality of life issue. And I said, but I'm not going to get cancer. I'm not, you know, no, 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 no. So it took her a year to convince me. 
And when I went on the estrogen patch, which is a tiny little thing that you wear just above, you know, just below your panty line, in two days, I was back to myself again. I had mm. a memory. I could talk. I, I was, it was like someone switched on the light. It's kind of like when I took antidepressants and I felt like myself again. So I'm not suggesting this is true for everyone. There are other things people can do, but they're going to be, it's going to be more, a little bit more difficult. And I, it used to be when I was going through menopause, people were suggesting soy and all kinds of other things. And now that's not as, not as um, popular, you know, we, we learn more and then we change our, our recommendations at least physicians do. So there are other things that you can do. And like, for instance, my best friend had breast cancer. She couldn't, she couldn't take estrogen and was going, having hot flashes and everything. And what she did was just, you know, get lots of fans. I mean, let's face it here in terms of the um, hormonal symptoms. And when you're, when you're dealing with your ADHD symptoms, you simply have to strengthen those strategies because your strategies may change as you get older. You're not dealing with the same things. I didn't have three-year-olds when I was in my forties. I had, you know, 18 year olds. So everything changes. And, and I think that we adapt to that and, and do our best. And, and sometimes I'm sorry to say that's really frustrating to say <laughs> because it doesn't always work. Yeah. Why doesn't it work better? <laughs> right. Right. One of the things that I find, especially when we talk about menopause is that people do not want to talk about menopause. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so why is it important for us to discuss this in general, but then also for those who have ADHD, why should we talk about this as women? Well, I think I've given some in, you know, compelling reasons why mm-hmm. for ADHD, it's important, but I want to back up to when I was going through, when I was going through menopause, because I had teenagers at the time and um, I said something about it to my youngest son. And he said to me, mom, you're going to do that old thing. And I'm like, oh, thank you so much. That's why we don't want to talk about it <laughs> because who wants to do that? And I will tell you that I am usually as many ADHD women are, I'm voracious in terms of research. I just, I want to know everything and every detail. And with menopause, I was like this, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to know about it. I'm not going there. And then unfortunately it caught up with me anyway, or fortunately it caught up with me anyway, because obviously the alternative is not being here. So I think it's important to have the conversation so that it lessens the stigma around Mm -hmm. it because there's a stigma around menopause, just as there's a stigma around ADHD. And not only that, especially for ADHD women, well, for all women, to know what's coming is important so that we can kind of pick up those little signals. As I said, I would have these little, these little flushes or so that were happening in my mid forties. And I, and I thought, oh, that's, you know, it's just hot in here or something like I, I was really in denial about it. Um, I belong to the North American Menopause Society and there's mm. study after study after study that shows that. body temperature regulation issues seem to be rampant for almost all eight for almost all menopausal women, premenopausal and Mm postmenopausal. They do not talk much about ADHD, but they do talk about cognition. And most studies show that there is some significant cognitive change as we go through this change. But most of the studies say we bounce back afterwards. I'm not sure that I completely believe that. And of course, as with any research, there's equally compelling research on the other side. No, 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 it doesn't bother you cognitively. They're not interviewing menopausal women, I don't think. (laughs) 
I think they're just making oh, it up. No, funny. I'm just teasing. They are <laughs> very good. Double blind studies. I'm I'm teasing, of course. But I think I'm I'm so grateful that you are opening the door to this. And because if you have menopause in the title of this podcast, you may not have many as many women watching it because of that stigma. Does that yeah. make sense? No, absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, I, I say that I was very blessed because my mom was always very open. So she was always very open about menopause. She was open about, you know, health issues. That's just the way that I grew up. And I thought that was normal for a very long time until I really got out into the world and realized that people just do not talk about those things, (laughs) right? That we really, especially, you know, whether it's community or religion or um, culture, I mean, a lot of people hold that in and you know, so for me, I wanted to make sure that I was one of those that are speaking out about different um, health concerns. So, yeah. Well, I mean, there's a there's a, a pretty famous book called The Red Tent, which is where women were sent while they were having their menstrual periods. And this yeah. is old, old, old. But, you know, it, even then it was considered dirty and it was considered, oh, no, we don't want to talk about that. And a lot of time, you know, until recently, women didn't go through menopause. They died before they got to menopause, you know, until the last few thousand years. I mean, it's, it's been there. But I just read an interesting article about why we women survive our fertility, because most animals in the animal kingdom do not. And the answer was that grandmothers are really important. They were important to our ancestors because they were taking care of the kiddos while the younger women were out hunting and gathering and all that Mm. kind of good stuff. And even if we're not grandmothers, I mean, most of us are not grandmothers too early. I'm, you know, (laughs) we don't get married when we're, you know, 10 these days usually, but postmenopausal life is really, really important. So it's especially Mm. important for ADHD women to embrace the change. And I don't mean the change of life. I mean, the change in ourselves so that we can live a rich, fulfilling life. Because there's a lot of life after after menopause, a lot of wonderful life. Mm. So one of the things that you said is that once you knew something was up, you went running to the doctor, right? Yeah. I did. But how do people really know the difference? I mean, should they just say, okay, something's not right, I should go? And when I say the difference, how do they know menopause is happening versus an ADHD? Like the forgetting your, you know, forgetting something, right? Okay. Because with ADHD, we say we tend to, you know, forget things like I just did. But yeah. so how, how do you know, or should we just go to the doctor and ask and find out? Well, if you're getting close to 50, your OBGYN or your whoever your you know, primary care physician is going to eventually do a hormone test to, to find out whether you are in menopause or not. And more, it's really less cognitive than it is physical. Okay. Um, a lot of people start, their periods start um, sp- spreading out. They may have a period only once every three or four months, um, or they may have really heavy periods. Some people have periods that are really close together as they mm-hmm. start the menopause. And remember, this is all because of this change and the, com- and the constantly changing change of mm-hmm. our hormones, our female hormones. So probably most people are going to notice the physical effects first, but then I hear from women again and again and again, it's like, I feel like I've lost my mind. I I don't know what's going on here. And I, and the first question is, are you in menopause or are you past menopause? And some of them are still in, in the throes, the perimenopause, and some of them are postmenopausal. And, and believe me, you know, for me and for anyone who's had surgical, um, you know, hysterectomy or something like surgical menopause, but, and for me, because I went off of those 
birth control pills and bam, it hit me. Gotcha. We're going to know cognitively, but I didn't know physically because I'd been on birth control pills and it was a continuous birth control pills. I didn't go off of them to have a period. And that was to, as I mentioned, control my, my migraines. Okay. So I didn't notice whether I was having periods or not because I wasn't. So I think that it's probably a combination. You, okay. Believe me, ADHD women will know. Gotcha. <laughs> and let me <laughs> let me also mention that um, if you're on if you're being treated for your ADHD using stimulant medication, um, many times when estrogen drops, the stimulant medication doesn't work as well. It's for mm. some reason there's and I don't know the scientific reason for that, but there's anecdotal evidence that that is absolutely true. So if you are still having fairly regular periods, or even if you're in menopause and you have a period and you're, and you're noticing, oh, why can't, you know, why am I not focusing quite as well? There are a couple of things that you can do. One of them is, um, is recommended by a wonderful psychiatrist in the Netherlands. She says that you can either add a little, you can take a little, little bit more of that same stimulant, or you may mm -hmm. want to add another stimulant just for those few days. And it's not okay. a long time. You don't have to add it forever, just maybe for three or four days. The other interesting thing that she says is if you add an antidepressant, especially an SSRI, just for a few days, which normally that sounds contraindicated because SSRIs are, you're supposed to take them for a couple of weeks before they kick in, right. but apparently it really does work for her patients. So mm. I just want to mention that there are some things that you can do. Okay. So. Sounds good. So there, is there anything else that we should know or, or the, uh, the women should know about menopause or ADHD or the combination, anything that we might've missed? No, there are a lot of things about menopause, but I don't, I don't think we have time to go into them all here. Mm -hmm. But as it relates to ADHD, mm -hmm. I mean, menopause also means things like um, changing your sleep habits, um, hair changes, mm -hmm. often thinning hair, drier skin. You know, there, there's a, there are a lot of things physically that happen. And yet one of the glorious things is having no periods anymore, not having to buy any tampons, any pads. <laughs> So there's a glory in that. There's a there's a reward, at, a carrot at the end of it for going through all this, this misery and knowing. I think that after when when women reach fifty, they begin to feel more secure in themselves, and um, worry less, far less about what other people think, and more about living their lives in their own way and their with their authentic selves. So I think that that has nothing to do with ADHD except that it connects to if we've not been diagnosed until later in life, um, that is a, an incredible that change for us and reassuring that we actually that are valued in this world. So I think that's important. Love it. So just to, to close things up, I wanted you to just talk a little bit more about your AD Diva Network and then also oh, the um, women's ADHD Women's Palooza. Can you just give us a little bit more what they can find, et cetera? Sure, sure. I'd love to. Thank you for asking. Um, I created the AD Diva Network because in those days, which has been almost, well, 18 years ago, I was so hungry to talk to other ADHD women and seemed like there were any opportunities to do that except at conferences and then the opportunities were so short so short that I just I was I was hungry for it so mm. I I did it selfishly because I wanted to be with other ADHD women and I knew that other ADHD women needed the support as well so I created addiva.net because addiva.com was not available as a domain name <laughs> And That's still so isn't, I might say. <laughs> so suddenly it became the ADD Diva Network. And now we have gone from, I remember in the days where I had like 120, 
20 people on my email list. And if someone dropped out, I was like, oh no, they've left me. They don't like me anymore. Now I'm, I'm happy to say, and I'm not saying this to brag, but we have thousands and thousands of women and parents um, who are, who are involved in the AD Diva network in um, I, I have a coaching spa, which is a group group coaching program. I have a, an amazing organizing program because I did a survey of women um, 40 and better again, as I like to call them, and you can find on my website. It's a very long survey, and the one thing that I found out was that the mo- one of the most important diff- things that p- that were troublesome for ADHD women, no matter what their age, was organization and being disorganized and clutter and that kind of stuff. So I created an organized program called Get Organized, which has been mm-hmm. going on for, well, it started right at the beginning of the pandemic, which was good timing because everybody went home to their clutter. And then I, I actually also do ADHD. I do um, AD Diva retreats for ADHD oh, nice. women. And you can find information about that at addivaretreats.com. The ADHD Women's Palooza was born out of a desire. When I created the ADD Diva Network, one of my visions was to host an all-women's ADHD conference. Okay. And as conference attendance began to drop and drop and drop, there was a huge risk, financial risk, in setting that up and not having anyone show up and people Mm -hmm. traveling and all that. So when online conferences became more popular, um, in, in 2016, I created the ADHD Women's Palooza along with Terry Matlin, who's another pioneer in ADHD women's and women's treatment. And um, so we created and invited the top, the top of the top of the top tier of ADHD experts who would talk about women's issues. And so we had, I think, 35 people that time. And then we always capped it off with a live session so that people could ask questions. Because again, I want to go back to, we need to talk to Mm -hmm. each other. Sometimes we are our own best experts, but when we're in isolation, it's hard to believe that when we can talk to each other, um, that makes a huge difference. And I I invite any uh, any or all of your audience to investigate meetup.com. I've run a meetup.com group for Mm. ADHD women now for 17 years. Oh, wow. And usually those meetups are free. And now, of course, they're online. So, um, and you can join mine for heaven's sake. It's just, you know, meetup.com forward slash ADDiva. Because um, we have people from all over the place coming to Canada and the UK and you know, all over the country. So um, I'm, I feel privileged to witness the growth and the transformation of women with ADHD as they wake up to their own rich history and to their own authenticity and being able to, to stake their own place in the world and say, I matter. And we've always known that. We always known that we're really kind of special, but no one really ad- would, was willing to acknowledge it. And and I'm the first one to. I'm I'm. I guess I'm kind of the cheerleader. I'm like, yay! Let's do it! Yeah, that's fabulous. So and I love that. I love being a cheerleader. So love it, love it. And I really like how it's set up because um, I know how I process and. I couldn't get to everything in a short amount of time. So I went ahead and bought the the extension because <laughs> I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah. now yeah, I can watch it whenever I need or when I yeah. can, right? I just, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love and how so, you said And it. what we're doing and what we're doing now, I mean, I actually have um, Mighty Networks is where I let, I, I'm not crazy about Facebook. I'm, I I know some people love it, but it, it, it I drown in it. Yeah. It's too much. It's like some people go into a department store and they just go, that's how I am with Facebook. Um, so we we have a mighty networks situation, uh, um, and you can do and you can join for a month free if you want to join. It's 
10 bucks a month, but I'm releasing one of the Palooza. Now keep in mind that we've been doing the Palooza since 2016. Mm. So we have, we have 200 Palooza's things going in there. So we're releasing one of those a month because I don't know if this is true for you or maybe your audience, but when I buy packages like that, I forget them and I don't watch them or listen to them. <laughs> That's one reason we do, we also, we actually offer the transcripts because I often mm. will sit down and read something or skim through it rather than spend the time watching it. And we've had so many requests. Can you make this go double time so I can hear it faster? <laughs> so we've made that available as yeah. well. <laughs> so anyway, thank you for thank purchase. I appreciate that because let's face it, it costs a lot of money for us to put that on and we need to recoup that somehow. <laughs> people i'm a nonprofit, not really meaning to be a nonprofit, but whatever <laughs> that's too funny so linda if they have any questions for you how can people get a hold of you oh please have them email me at linda at addiva.net and remember it's two d's a-d-d-i-v-a.net i'll be happy to answer questions well, as you kind of guessed i love talking to people about adhd <laughs> that's why i'm so glad that you invited me here yes this was absolutely wonderful. I feel privileged. So thank you so much for coming on. Thank you. <laughs> All right, everyone, that closes another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye, Linda. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.